0: Nobody's Famous Podcast. All right, everybody, we are live on the Nobody's Famous Podcast. We are back with a new season. We are back with amazing, amazing content. And today I have a very, very special guest with me today. He is uh, uh, widely known in many circles, a great talker, a great thinker, He wears uh, glasses and has a very strong beard game. We always have strong beard games on our show. It is the one and the only Issam What's up, man?
1: Hey, Ali, thank you for having me. I would say it's a bit uh, delayed, but uh, thank you for the introduction. I was expecting to be up the list, the beginning couple of episodes, but I see you were trying things out with a couple of my friends. Hopefully you guys learned a lot. uh, We'll make it happen. And I just put on my special glasses today. Hopefully, it's it's, it's making the whole thing it's awesome. look smarter.
0: It's awesome. I think uh, I think now you have um, really set the stage for the type of show that will uh, will follow with with that um, hint of sarcasm and uh, and. What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? Type of show you will follow? <laughs> no, as in it's as just... in, um, we are we are setting the bar bar quite high with this show.
1: No, but like there's going to be a show after this, like that's it for you, no, you just move on from podcasts to network, like late night shows. That's how I would think, because I, I don't know what you will do after this, right? That's it's just going to be. I, do you want to do it now or do you want to do it towards the end of the
0: season? I don't mind. <laughs> oh, my God. I think this, is, this show is a stepping stone. So, so, so what you're trying to say, this show is a stepping stone to my move into network TV, my move into uh, uh, something larger like like news or, or something really big. So, so I'm expecting this show to, uh, I'm expecting you to blow this show out of the water, honestly.
1: Absolutely. I am the show.
0: He, he is the season. He is the season. <laughs> he is the season. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm joking. <laughs> so, Hissam, um, I, I want you to do uh, just a quick uh, intro of yourself. Let the listeners and viewers know who you are. If someone came and asked you, what is your elevator pitch? And I'm sure you are uh, quite the man to give such an elevator pitch. And then from there, we'll, uh, we'll have our conversation on uh, various topics.
1: You know, it's, uh, it's an interesting question. I actually don't, right? So it's just depending on the day, because you do have the, the, the structured stuff you can say but then Who are you as a person that things, these things come through? Um, and then every time somebody asks me a similar question, right, describe yourself or think about it, I go back to remembering Amin Nashar who you've had on the show, right? because uh, one time me and him were having a similar conversation and what Amin mean doesn't practices very rigorously daily is that he wakes up every morning, writes all his thoughts on a piece of paper, clears his mind and then starts off his day. And that I think opens up, um, <coughs> space for his creativity in the field of work that he's in. Uh, however, when I tried to do something similar, I put myself, I woke up, made myself coffee, I put a piece of paper and started to write. Uh, I, I couldn't finish the exercise. Um, <clears throat> which was an interesting thing, right? Uh, but I guess the answer in short, he saw uh, me and Ali go way back in grade eight, so when we first met, uh, we were fortunate to grow up in Abu Dhabi where we, uh, to me at least <clears throat> formed a lot of these strong friendships over the years, especially that I had Uh, I would would call it a privilege and an opportunity to be able to travel into different cities and live different places, but also at the same time as a struggle where I have to start a new life everywhere you move, right? Um, But again, chasing ambition, opportunities unfold. Sometimes you take advantage of them and you just lead it. So started in Abu Dhabi, originally Lebanese background, in Abu Dhabi parents, like many of us, third cultured kids like you guys uh, referred to it last time, which I see to be something super positive. Um, and then moved to Miami, did industrial engineering, started out my career with GE healthcare and consulting, uh, moved to Medtronic, um, I did, again, more work in healthcare in terms of solutions and partnering up with hospitals, moved back to GE for about a year and a half. And then I moved back to Medtronic for about two years now, two years now in Singapore. but that's how opportunities unfolded. I consider myself to be fortunate, and you know, at certain points, I was just lucky enough to take, uh, you know, to take that leap of faith and just move forward.
0: Well, I think uh, you handled that uh, intro pretty uh, pretty well, some. I, I don't see the struggle that um, that you think that you have, and so you, see... you
1: build up the drama, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Here
1: we that's go. what YouTube said.
0: Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> So I think um, uh, there's a couple of things actually I want to touch on there and it will probably lead us to other things about you is what you said at the beginning, actually, which uh, intrigued me is, do you think, so when you come down to write something, uh, even like tapping into yourself and you feel like you can't find the right words, do you think that for you, you're very much uh, meticulous, like, you know, you take account of things, you're very, very calculating. And this is probably the reason why you are not, maybe you can't find the words, let's say in a creative way to talk about yourself or, do you think that's your, that kind of person versus? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, no, I don't
1: think it's a lot of psychological issues that you were trying to refer to now. <laughs> no, I think like, uh, am, I am at an inner peace with myself, right? And, and uh, I am very open to having that conversation with myself on what did we learn today? Could we, could we have done something better? I hold myself accountable to high standards. Uh, sometimes it's bad, sometimes it's good, but you know, you continue improving a little by little, but uh, the, 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 that exercise where you sit down and you try to write everything, I think it's more towards the perfectionist side of me, right? You, uh, especially us and in the world that we live in today, where we're always trying to portray the best image of ourselves. Uh, when you have your own thoughts, you can have your own thoughts in your head, that's great, right? But once you try to put it down on a piece of paper, uh, it's the same thing as you're having your profile and when you wanna read it, you want it to be the best example of what you're writing. Um, so, but that, that's the trick in the whole exercise, right? Where you're able to reach a point where you're able to put that out. Um, I haven't succeeded, but I didn't give up yet, right? So uh, I'm gonna come back to the exercise. Hopefully we'll get a done one day.
0: Do you, think, do you think like people should be perfectionists? Do you think, like you mentioned, peop- uh, you hold yourself to a high <laughs> standard. I think, for me personally um, you know ten years ago when I started my uh, my professional career working, I also held myself to a high standard but I don't think this is it's difficult like you want to do that, but I think at the same time not that it's exhausting, but I think you need to people need to take it easy on themselves and the reason I'm asking you this question is because you are somebody who is very like you you know apart from us just to give everybody a quick background most of us either we stayed like where we are or we've traveled came back to where we are uh you have i think from the people that i know you're the most person who stayed away from home for a long time and i think that's a result of you chasing a certain level of of professional career is that true
1: uh, no, look, and I also appreciate that, right? So, so I'm, I'm humbled by what you said, but again, it's, it's you can answer this question in different ways, right? So uh, first one is, yes, there were some opportunities that unfolded. So when we graduated, there was a 2006 war. It just happened by coincidence. My uncle who lives in Miami was visiting us and my father who didn't have it. We didn't, we never planned for it, right? It was always an AUB with everyone. The opportunity came and he pushed me and I took it. And um, you know, I've been very fortunate to have that man in my life because up till now, he's been able to guide me through many things. And uh, I would consider us, we're best friends today. But the same person who has pushed me throughout all of this to, 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 to get things done is the same person. Because if we were to look back at the perfectionist statement, right? I do not think everybody should be a perfectionist. I think everybody should take pride in what they're doing and, and the type of work they're trying to deliver regardless of the field. Because at the end of the day, this means to you and how much you're contributing to society or to the world that we live in. But it's very interesting for us, And this I think goes back to how we were brought up, right? Um, so if you look back, we were all brought up in Abu Dhabi or we a small circle, and maybe we we're fortunate we enjoyed a couple of our beautiful years before internet, right? So we're really, uh, you know, everybody's talking about diversity now. There's Uh, A lot of these movements happening. I think that's great because a lot of people are coming together, but we were able to see it uh, live with each other, right? So I didn't know who Ali was, what Ali's background is, what religion he believes in. We're all very similar, brought together because of our parents. But having that fortune side, I think that adaptability and that openness to different cultures has really helped me throughout all the moves I've made. But Again, when a perfectionist conversation comes, <clears throat> we come from a family who left their home countries, moved to another country, which we're very fortunate to be in, which is the Emirates and Abu Dhabi especially, where our families were struggling to grow and provide a better life for us, right? So we always saw them as we grew up. I think that really rubbed off on us on what we want to accomplish in life. And maybe throughout the way we imagine our future, we we sometimes parked a lot of this, uh, self personal growth versus professional growth because professional growth was what, what is the definition of success. Uh, so we chased that, I chased that at least heavily uh, armed obviously with what I said about being in Abu Dhabi and, and having these different backgrounds that set me up to be very adaptable, very diverse in, in meeting uh, people and finding common grounds. But then at the same time, you get to a certain point in your career where you start asking yourself, where's this going? What does it mean? What am I doing about myself? And um, I know we've made fun a lot about Amin but as a, as a joke but you know I mean took that step early on and I mean decided to leave uh, you know and I was I was I was fortunate to be there with him to see that transition and he left everything he took a big leap of faith and started working on himself and I'm sure there was a lot of struggles that he hasn't shared with a lot of people but uh, I still remember I mean you know, throwing himself at it Was there a little bit of envy from my side where I had a stable career and I would have wanted to leave it to pursue a passion or would I have wanted to advise, uh, you know, I mean, not to do it. Questions that come to my mind, there's no right way or wrong, but uh, on a happiness scale, I'm pretty sure I mean it's much happier in that personal life. And this is something I try to replicate in my life today, right? So uh, most recently I've been trying to separate, okay, work is done. I'm gonna go pursue something for my own self, right? It could be from reading a book to taking a walk to uh, to doing many things. Um same thing with Khaled, who you've had on the show as well. Um, uh, uh, there's a lot of sarcastic stuff I would want to say about it but at the end of the day, you know Khaled has built something out of himself. He has this uh, a great image. he's he's, uh, he's I'm pretty sure he's motivating a lot of people. he's helping a lot of people in direct and indirect ways. so, and these are people we all come from the same background with, right? So we all share the same background. It's just great to see all of this unfold. I mean, look at you today. would have you imagined? Uh, we're on a podcast, right?
0: Who would have and thought? Who would it.
1: have thought that? Yeah, would have thought you're taking advantage of me to make it successful, but it's life.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. This is exactly what the show is about. I love it i love it absolutely it's ruining my public i love it i love it i think um going to what you said there's just so many things i want to touch on but my my next question based on what you said is because you're referencing all these people and what's um really cool is when you're talking about the origin like where we were how we were part of the time the childhood before the internet and and how we were close-knit and, and growing up there is that element of creativity and we are where we are we we realize that after our professional lives we want to really do something for ourselves and, and have our own kind of passion that we pursue so my question to you is are you still looking for that passion or is there something we don't know about that you can share with us yeah the, the,
1: so the interesting thing is is this is not only us right it's a pure millennial problem that we've been. So, ridiculed by the older generation on it. But to be honest, I mean, if you look at you know, the late 80s, the early 90s, where a lot of the new millennials are born, right? We had a good life, I mean, we never had to suffer from, from, from massive uh, shocks to our world compared to the generation before us or compared to the generation that came after us, right? Uh, so the generation that came after us, are. <clears throat> They opened their eyes to two world recessions, the coronavirus now. Uh, they've had these shocks that really shaped up on what their future should look like. So their future should like, look like very uh, financially driven, financial stability, uh, don't borrow a lot, uh, build that life in phases, plan your life. We were, for. I, I think we were part of a generation where we were very fortunate we didn't have to endure all of this. So that opened our minds to, so asking other questions like what is the meaning of life? What is my passion? What can I try? I have started so I've taken uh, during quarantine so I decided to start looking at what do I want to do right so and one of the things that really moves me is singing and I don't want to do it professionally. I just want to do it to be able to sing a song and not sound like an idiot. It's just terrible, terrible. So I uh, found a class online, took a class with these guys and um it was an hour and like I could tell the frustration on the guy's face, right? This guy's a musician who's giving me the class. And like he's super frustrated like the whole time, right? But I'm just, you know, giving my all. I just sat in a room, I was screaming, I think I annoyed my neighbors. And he's like great. I think we made a lot of progress. He was very supportive, and then he disappeared. So a couple of days later, I'm still I'm sitting there thinking to myself, is that you know, this guy who's Obviously his studio's is closed and he's giving online classes. Should have followed up back with me on, do you want to take up another one? Do you want to continue this? And he just never did. And uh, I just think it was really bad that this guy decided, you know what, I'm not going to make money off this guy. I'll just let him be. Uh, but I guess my singing career is over. It lasted for about 55 minutes. But overall, uh, it was it was it was a nice fresh breath air, right? Because it was something I always wanted to try, and I tried it, and that really opened up things. So now I'm at a phase where I'm just trying new things every now and then. Uh, be it uh, commit to reading a chapter a book, do 100 push-ups, uh, you know, small steps, and then hopefully I'll build up to to where it is. And maybe I don't reach this ultimate. This is the meaning of life. This is what your happiness is. What everybody talks about. Maybe in my happiness is just small passions in little places everywhere that I can you know, tap into whenever I, I, I feel like alongside my passion for the career, what I've been doing so
0: far. Two things, actually. That's... No short
1: answers, Ali here, no short no answers. I love
0: it, I love it, <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm just, I have many questions too. That's that's the problem. <laughs> the problem is I have so many questions, but two things and, and uh, the, the first question is, when just talking about millennials and, and us being fortunate and and I do agree with you to a certain extent, but I also disagree. And I'll tell you why I disagree. I disagree is because I think, yes, we were fortunate to, to live a relatively easy and happy life, especially in our childhood years. But I think when we were still in university uh, around 2008, obviously the greatest uh, fi- financial crash that ever happened, um, it was in full effect by the time you graduated. So uh, so of course, like, so which is like around 2010, um, only reached the rest of the world and the places that we were going to, apart from the States, kind of in full effect then. So from that aspect, and then obviously there were, there was the war that you mentioned 2006 and even earlier in 2001, an event that changed, um, Basically, Absolutely. an event that changed, you know, the the world of the Arab view. Now, all of these things, and on top of that, there's another layer, which is the layer of which I wrote this article once in, in on my long-forgotten blog uh, many years ago um, about about Generation Y, which is who we are, and that we are the lost generation and, and the mm-hmm. mis- misunderstood generation we were the last generation before the, the, you know, before, you know, people were born with the internet and we were the link between, the, you know, a world that was before the internet where, you know, you need to go, you can go to places, you see people, people are like warmer than now. A and
1: slower, a slower world.
0: A slower world. So, so that's why I disagree. But, but, but do you agree with my, my rebuttal, so to speak? Um, it.
1: it, it. And no, no, and you do make fair points, right? But when, when I say that we weren't affected by it as much as other generations. So relatively speaking, no, I think other generations suffered a bit more, right? Um, we knew a world before 9-11. The newer generation were born into a world where terrorism was a thing, war on terrorism was a thing. So this was the world that they knew. We knew the separation. So we knew what the world without terrorism could have been. We knew a world without war could have been. Case of Lebanon we knew what economic prosperity looks like and then with all the respect to the university life and, and, and maybe again I'm one of the fortunate ones so I, I cannot speak much to it but our tuition was paid our rent was paid or food was on the table we didn't have to suffer much from it even when we graduated not all of us were rushing to get a job because we had a bit of a of, of a break so that's what I mean by it but again I would never take it away from the people who had a different experience and 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 hopefully they they've you know, they've made the best out of it and they've come out on top and I, I really do wish them well on this. But so I do agree we've had our little steps along the way. We knew a world before that was uh, disconnected in a sense. It wasn't as global as it is today. Uh, and then we knew the new world that's changing day to day today. Um, but again, if, if what I would give our generation credit for the Gen Y is our parents, so it's, it's what, what I call, and you know, when I discuss with a couple of my friends, what we call is uh, a catering for psychology, right? Instead of catering for reality. So we were born into a world. Our parents passed on a knowledge to us that they not necessarily experienced 100% of it. Maybe they've experienced 20% of the knowledge, but the bulk of that knowledge, especially in Middle Eastern society, and especially in the Lebanese society is that this is the way it's been done. And this is the way it's supposed to be. And then us being the good kids that we are, and then looking up to our parents, and then had the biggest fear that if you'd ask me, uh, what it was, was disappointing our families, right? Because they put so much emphasis on that. Um, so that knowledge that was passed down to us, and and if, if first you take it at face value and you act upon it, but then the next, I think the biggest challenge for our generation is we saw what the other side of the world looks like because now we're connected to everybody. And it was very funny because I have the type of parents who are super sarcastic. And, and like we would have out of every 10 conversations, we'd probably have one serious conversation. But like the nine other conversations were always passed through like my, my parents would tell me this, is how, this was always done. This is how it's supposed to. But then like I would look at them and be like, why? And this is where things just start falling apart. So it's either I get a sarcastic answer or sometimes I get the more serious I don't know. They, they don't know. Like, so we cannot hold them accountable to it. There's just this knowledge that was passed on from generation to generation, maybe the last hundred years, because the world was so slow. And then suddenly we're in the middle of these two generations, ours and the next one, where the next one refused what these guys said. And there was a massive campaign on it a couple of years ago called Okay Boomer. Because apparently the boomers, the other generation had very similar things. Like you guys have an easy life. You don't know what it means to buy a house and raise a family at 20. Yes. but. When you bought a house and raised a family of 20 you had zero loans. Uh, you had a, a, a you know a fast growing economy. You've had all of this stuff while us we've had to suffer from this whole inflation. So all of your actions have led us here. And we were just this generation that's just watching back and forth because we have a connection to both, right? Yeah, true. And and you know, after a while, I think I'm at a point and, and, and where you have to break away a bit from the past. Because you, I think we're in an age today where you know what's right and wrong, right? You know what makes you happy, what doesn't make you happy and you're able to design your life the way you want. So we're able to break away from that. We cater to it for a bit, but I think we should also look at what the reality of today and the future holds and how should we prepare ourselves for it. Um, again, no short answers.
0: No, I, I, I think you explained, it, you explained it really well. Uh, and I think while you were speaking, I, I kind of, was maybe answered my second question that I had for you in the previous answer you gave me is that my question was like, what is, what is like, let's help you find your passion. What There is something that is in you that if singing didn't work out the way that you think that it did. And while you were speaking, while you were speaking, I realized that there is something that you can do really well. And it's really having, you know, being that person who can go up on, and we'll get to that next, but you can go up on a stage and actually speak about topics and explain things to people and have your view on it. I think that's something you should uh possibly consider. You should possibly consider whether public speaking motivational speaker, because the way that you explained at least this this point, I think I really liked your different perspectives and the way you can debate it. So so uh I
1: appreciate that. <laughs> I think that's
0: something you should consider really.
1: And then, you know, they're making, can I use one curse word? They're making shit of my.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, there is, a, are, it's, not an, a, it's not an exact no, but, uh, but science in a way to, it's not. To it's not. It too. but, so.
1: But, I, but, is that my calling in life? Because, no, if, if, if you give me a group of friends and, and people I'd like to support, because I do it out of real, uh, you know, passion and love for these people who they are, and I really want the best for them. So I would sit and talk about it. But, if I had a chance to do it in front of many people, I would also love the opportunity. But would I be able to because I think one thing that we're really underestimating today as our role is if we do rise up to that level where you're being followed as an influencer, not the, the traditional term an influencer, you can influence different aspects of life, but you are in a position of responsibility, right? So if you're not consistent in what you're saying, if you're not practicing and pre- you know practicing what you're preaching, if you're not uh, being able to really deliver value, I would recommend to stay away. From it. Uh, so unless you commit yourself to that life first and you apply whatever you're saying on, on yourself, because I'm, I'm sure you've also seen it. Once you look at certain life coaches, you can see right through that book, right? Mm. And you can say these guys. It's, they've read two, three books and now they're putting nice presentations together and they're coining a couple of nice terms. Uh, it, we're ready for the
0: digital age.
1: No, you're not. You don't even know what it means. <laughs> right. <laughs> so again, I don't want to become one of those, but it's a great passion. I hopefully I get one day a chance and we never know how it, 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 you know, it builds up one way could lead, lead to another.
0: But, but you see, this is, this is exactly my point. Uh, that's exactly my point that you mentioned is, so I give you an example of, of for example, what, what happens or what is happening with me right now is that I never knew that, for example, this is like um, doing the show is something that I could do. So my, my, my co-founder was like, just just do a show, just do it. Just do the show and you never know, like you're not gonna know until you try and and the same thing with voiceover i was like i would be at home i'll do some impressions i'll watch go to the cinema you know and i'll be you know coming to a theater near you i'll start like thinking and imagining these things and like imagining doing that and saying this summer and doing all these different things and said no but wait i can do that i can i have this ability i like it and you're not gonna say that's my passion right away i think people have um might have this question as well. It's like, I don't know what's my passion. I like this. I really like it. But maybe it's not your passion. But I think when you start doing something, either you're earning money for it or you internally, you feel good, then, uh, you know, you might have found it. You might have found it. And it goes back to what you said earlier is just try. Just try the different things that you think that. So for example, you tried now singing and maybe you'll try it again but you didn't have a great first experience. And, and um, I mean, that happened to me with the guitar. Like I couldn't even tune it. So, so like there's something, there's something that happens, right? And uh, the second thing I wanna tell you is the fact that you are aware that if you will be a motivational speaker or someone that can go up on stage and, and talk about these things, you need to practice what you preach. The fact that you are aware of this fact is, I think it's enough and you are a cynical person as the all the audience can see so I think this is adds a different twist to you, to to that type of career.
1: Look I'll, I'll, I'll I'm not gonna drill more into this point but uh let me I'll, I'll explore it I promise what I will do is I'll look into it I'll look into it but I, I just I, I want to be able to add real value to whatever I'm doing at the end of the day, right? And, and standing up and talking for two hours about life and what it means. And, and, and I think this is where the huge disconnect we have in the society today, right? So if me and you are talking one-on-one and we forget that there's an audience or anybody watching this, hopefully nobody watching I'm talking a lot about things. But uh, if I were to give you advice on a certain situation that you're going through today, it's all about perception, right? I, I perceive a certain problem a certain way because that's was what my experience have told me to perceive it in, right? While you could have been perceiving it in a completely different way because of your past experiences, right? It's like when people give advice about breakups, uh, men tend to brush it off and, and, and walk away from it when I think men should be able to sit down and discuss how you're feeling after a breakup, right? Maybe you don't want to go out and get drunk. Maybe you just want to sit down get some closure on it just move on while girls sit down and drill deep into things and, and do it. But this is the nature of how the world we live in. And I don't think there's a right way or a wrong way. I just think there should be a balance between the two. But then again, as a simple thing of a, well, not as simple, but as, as, as complicated and simple as it is of a breakup, right? You know, it's broken up, you should move. it's simple, but then there's all these feelings in the lower level where it's complicated and you can't ask someone to move on from. It. But for me, for example, if I came in and I said, Ali, it's only been a month that you've met that girl and you should move on. I'm talking from my perception where a month should not allow you to break down for longer than an hour, right? Or maybe that's the rule I set. But I don't know what the month that you have spent, right? I don't know what your memories have been. I don't know what your perception on it. I don't know how much you perceive a month. Maybe a month for you is too long. And this is where I think it falls when you go from one lesson in life to massive public and you expect the mass to listen it's, like, I, I, it's a science that I still think m- needs a bit more work. The whole public motivational speaking piece. Uh, this is why I would rather lead by example. And then if you have a following, you have a following and then that's how life goes. Uh, Nassim Nicholas Taleb, for example, one of the greatest authors, right? He, I have, just, like, I hate this personality, but I love his books. You follow this guy on Twitter and you want to slit your wrists. Like he's just the most annoying person the world has ever met. And he's just so egoistic, he's so full of himself. But then you meet that one side person, right? Then when this guy goes to write his books, he's a completely disconnected person. But this is what I'm trying to say, right? So it's again, it's not about the person, it's about the thinking and then how are you able to disconnect the two? And I think it's a bit more complicated approach, but I look into it and uh, if your show becomes a success, you're sharing whatever earnings you get. And if my motivational speaking comes to fruition, we'll uh,
0: discuss it. Do you think that you will be someone who be- becomes an entrepreneur? Is that something that you think that you're gonna pursue? Um, that's,
1: that's a good question. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, no doubt.
0: So then what, no what challenges are you facing right now if you haven't become one yet? It's,
1: uh, it's interesting. Yeah. So uh, I'll, I'll break it down into, into certain pieces. right? First, I'll break it down into the financial stability of, there's something magical about knowing that at the end of the month, you're receiving a certain paycheck. And, and there's also a, so this is from a financial thing. When you try to drop this off and try to go start your own thing, there's that element of financial risk, and you have to be at the right place in your life to be able to take it, right? And uh, since we were exposed to a very well-regulated Ponzi scheme in Lebanon, that really just set things, uh, reset things for us. So that's on the financial thing. On a, on a career-wise, uh, especially if you're fortunate to be working in a certain company with certain people that allow you to start exploring new ideas venturing into new stuff and you know so we already checked the well compensated piece We've got, we'll move on, we'll move on to, the new, to the other day-to-day stuff that you do and if you agree in the strategy of the company and the space that you're working in that also feeds a bit of that entrepreneurial uh, curiosity that you'd have or the passion right because you're able to see things in fruition and when you're working for a large company with the large resources you see your idea progress much faster, it's easier to get funding for it. You already have resources to tap into. And most of the time you already have two things that are very important to me, the startup business, right? You have the information and the data that you can use to develop something. And then you have the space that's where you can try it, right? So you can launch a small pilot within the company and try But having said that on a a financial level, on operation level, there's still that personal level. And, uh, you know, maybe I was also misguided or mistaken at the beginning on, you know, I want to become an entrepreneur to run my own company to set my own hours and, and make my own money, right? And uh, it's really so far from that as I've come to realize is that, no, entrepreneurs work harder than working a normal job. Entrepreneurs, uh, so, so they give it more time, but then entrepreneurs are also uh, more stressed in the sense they have to manage everything especially if your company grows and you're responsible for a lot of people so there's still that excitement about it but what i'm trying to say is moving into that entrepreneur uh, life is a mix of mindset of surrounding and the environment being ready for it and you taking that big leap of faith right so this is how i see so and you cannot half-ass it you cannot say i'm just going to do this and back off or am i going to try it because it's most likely it's not going to work and if you think it's something you can do work for a couple of hours maybe at the early stages but eventually this is it's a business they try trying to grow right yeah. but the whole entrepreneurial lifestyle and, and compared to what i was trying to say earlier where early on i had a certain view on it today my view on it is have the right idea work hard at it deliver on it with the right people and the money will so instead of going chasing, oh, it's a nice, lavish lifestyle with the money, and, you know, you're looking just the successes. No, have the right idea, deliver on it, have it let it be meaningful. Let it really address a certain problem in, in, in the world or let it really address a certain imbalance in the world where you think it could fit in nicely and deliver on it.
0: I, I'm glad that you said that uh, Issam because I think many times, even on the show, we've had people and I'm glad that you have now reinforced what they said, but also add, add many new things to this point. We we always try here, like to give people advice, to give them some guidance, to let them know that you you don't have to be a celebrity to be successful. You don't have to be the smartest person in the room to be successful. You don't need to be the smartest person in the world. I'm really glad that you, you mentioned these points, how your view shifted, because actually what you, <clears throat> what you experience is what many people might experience. They look and they say, oh, entrepreneurship lifestyle. It's so like, it's so great, you know, it's amazing. And then they jump into it and they're surprised and they're like, I can't do this anymore. And then they stop. And, and uh, really, again, like I say, and I've said that many times, the only way to know is for you to try it. So I'm, I'm really glad that you showed this shift in perspective. Yet for you, you also uh, saw it and accepted it and agreed, and that this is it. And before I get into it, you know, this is what I'm, this is my game plan. Uh, I, I, accept that, I accept that fact that I need to put my head down and, and, and work hard.
1: Look, being, being the rational, analytical people that probably me and you would. would think we think we are, right? Maybe we're just very amateur, uh, yep. rational and, and, and analytical compared to others. But some people have an idea and they jump straight into it. And and that passion just fuels them, drives them and makes stuff happen for them. But those are just the crème de la crème, right? These are the top of the guys where a lot of other smarter people fail. Maybe these guys succeeded because of luck, maybe because of hard work, maybe because of a mixture of many. But the ones that jump straight into it are, some of them succeed. And then the ones that take too long planning never happens. So if you strike that balance between the two, uh, again, mindset, knowing what you're getting yourself into, the right plan in place, especially financial security, uh, being able to support yourself for uh, two, three, four years, as long as the business needs to get up and get up and running where you adjust your lifestyle a bit, which is fine. And then having the right business idea. So I think it's a mix of the passion and planning. I don't think one could work without the but people should definitely, I mean, if you have an idea, I mean, a lot of these ideas, who would have thought Instagram would become what Instagram is today, or uh, Amazon becoming what it is today, or, or uh, you know, a lot of these different companies would talk about them. And then the funny thing is there's a lot of these smaller companies that the big guys buy, uh, you know, they acquire them just because of either the technology or what, or what they have been able to yeah, accomplish. The force
0: right. Yeah, the foresight. They're not, yeah, they're not,
1: they're not, they call it, it's not. I don't know if it's still a term in the 21st century today where you can say it's not rocket science because apparently rocket science is something you can learn off YouTube too, but uh, that's exactly what I'm talking about, right? It's it's just information is so accessible for us. Uh, We never know what a good idea is gonna be. Before good ideas were only ideas that were able to either grow the market or address a problem. Today, apparently with all of these different conversations and like we may you were talking to different generations and all of this, there's so much imbalance in the societies that if you're able to just plug into one place, mm-hmm. that's a successful idea. And those are my two cents on it. And thank you for joining my TED Talk.
0: <laughs> See, I'm telling you, it's there. It's there. I'm, I'm not lying. It's there. And this is coming from somebody who's been told that as well. Like I should do public speaking and, and it's still something that uh, quote unquote terrifies me. So again, I will never know until I try. Assam, I have uh, two more things to, to ask you. And uh, the, f- the, the first one actually is I, I don't want you to go so super deep uh, into the politics of it or these kinds of things. But my question to you is you being a, um, a Lebanese, let's say, a person away from Lebanon how has the feelings or how has this uh because to me they've been a lot of weird feelings as well as as the sadness but how do you how 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 do you feel given the you know the tragedy that struck and the current situations that we faced and are facing and will face and and, and all that how do you feel being someone totally disconnected from from your country uh,
1: first of all it's it's not, you can't call it an unfortunate incident. It, it was a crime, right? Against people that directly and indirectly suffered from it. And uh, when you look back in retrospect on what could have been done to avoid something like this, you just get two types of feelings, right? Where you get really sad and you get really angry and you cannot separate that. Uh, and then there's some anxiety in the middle, right? So do I walk away? Do I stay? Do I defend? Do I uh, move on? So I'm gonna to try to, as much as I can to separate from the politics, though so you can't. But in a nutshell, the country is built on this. It's, this time they delivered a mass murder, I would say. But in reality, these guys have been murdering us day in, day out at the doors of hospitals at the lack of economic opportunities within the country and the, the whole clientelism that country's designed to work for. If you don't know somebody, you're not, not gonna be able to to get any type of service within the country. So it's just the way the system is designed. And before they were delivering it bits and pieces. And then this was the big one. And right before that, probably less than a year ago, the economic collapse where it was a regulated Ponzi scheme. These guys were taking the money financing certain activities and then it was all under the umbrella of regulation. So you feel angry, you feel sad. But then my issue is the way the country is built up, right? Because in my nature, you do feel sad, you do feel angry. We agree on this and, and it's like, you wanna do something about it to get it fixed, right? So you start jumping to solutions, what could be done? Or maybe sometimes it's not solutions, maybe sometimes it's as much as a dream. And we can talk about this topic for, for a lot on what Lebanon would need, but in a nutshell, if you are looking at the solutions that a country like Lebanon would need, you would look, we need to look at the core system. Today. I've heard this the other day, it's, it's the way the system is designed, right? So you have a constitution. And then you have that nobody abides by, they just take bits and pieces from it. And then you have something called the conventionalism. So it's by convention, A lot of. So they come together every 15, 20 years. There's a certain shift of power in the country. They design a new plan. They call it, it's a new convention and we'll sign on it. It's an agreement. And this is how we're gonna run the country for the next 15 years. And this is how we're gonna divide stuff for the next 15 years. But something has changed since, so this is how it's always been, right? And in the last 20 years, it was probably rewritten three, four times that convention. But if you look at since the explosion happened, you thought that this is where things are gonna change. Maybe finance will not change it because people lost their savings, but somehow they're making it manage. But then this is where things will change. And then you see things not changing right and I'm not holding anyone accountable to it because I'm also far away I'm living my life I'm not going to ask people who are on the ground to go ahead and do something but it just leaves you you're already sad you're already angry and then suddenly you have this whole new thing (laughs) is what's next and and it's so weird is that the minute you start thinking okay I'm out I'm gonna go start my life somewhere else you feel a bit bad and because you don't want to leave your country but then at the same time at at a rational personal level you Know that the right thing is to leave. Um, no clear answer to it, Ali. To be honest, sad, angry. Uh, something needs to change. I don't know what it is. Uh, people are too divided. I think they need something to come together. And and, and what bothers me is, look, I was very fortunate in Lebanon because again when we go to Lebanon we have our areas right we have our villages and then you have the main city but then there are many other places in Lebanon regardless of how small it is you don't go see it and visit it right or interact with the people just because you don't have anything to do there but when I was riding in in the Harley owners group in Lebanon we're also very fortunate to ride throughout all of Lebanon right and we would spend 12 13 hours on the bike riding in such a small country and honestly I was continuously surprised because I was very torn between riding into an area where I had a perception because of what people told me, you cannot ride into this area and having a delight walking, you know, riding through that area because people sometimes are throwing rice at and they're just happy. This, this tells you what the core Lebanese is, but then there's a switch somewhere where everything just goes south and it's so quick. It's amazing. Like people just, it's amazing. And, uh, I don't wanna get into the whole politics of it, but my issue is, like I said, there's a constitution that nobody's abiding by. There's a divide of power by convention. And then the people following each person who's negotiating this divide of power gave them what you call a social contract. Hey, look, you represent me. Not because you have a plan to do something. You represent me for the mere fact that the others are gonna attack us. So you need to protect me. So you go do whatever you want, throw the crumbs in. This social contract needs to break at one point or another. I don't see it far from here breaking. I'm very sorry that it took these big messes to happen for us to finally wake up to something. I think it's just a matter of time. And um, yeah, I'm just really hopeful for it and I'm not gonna walk away.
0: I think uh, in a very, very uh, quick, (laughs) what is it, maybe like five minutes you broke it down um but I, I i agree with you on one point is that there is a lot of weird and confused feelings to this matter especially um us being uh, away from from this and also not experiencing the, the level of horror that has been experienced and my second uh, question to you isan before we kind of close this off was and it's a question that i like to ask a lot on the show i actually haven't asked it in a while and I love to uh, get perspectives on this, especially since you have an opinion on everything. Um, my question is: uh, What do you think of the name of the show? Nobody's famous.
1: Um, look, I uh, first of all, and we'll put all the sarcastic stuff aside. And maybe I'll drop one or two if they come up. But um, I think I think it's a, it's 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 a huge stepping stone in terms of. What came together as a platform for regular people like, like me to come out and you know just speak about their life and, and uh, their perspective on things, right? And, and uh, it's not where we're sitting here. where uh, it's not a it's not a rating type of thing, right? Because it's not you're not, you're not tackling a certain topic and people are judging you on it. You're just out and saying. it. But had it been a rating, I think I would have checked all the points off the podcast checklist. I would have scored super high. But that's a side, but back to the, to, the, to the name of it, I think, like I said, it just gives a lot of normal people a chance to talk about certain things. And I think it starts building these connections. However, where my two cents on it, and this is just my humble feedback on it is, yeah, I don't know if it's you as your character or, or the podcast world, certain things you have to adhere to within certain limits, but uh, we're talking to normal people, right? Normal people swear, normal people say certain inappropriate stuff. And, and if there's a m- way to transition it where you have very limited types of rules, I mean, there's certain things that you should not, obviously certain lines you should not cross, but in everything else, if you're able to create that different thing, I think it will let people break down a lot of the uh, layers they have, right? And uh, you just really be able to see the true self of a person. Uh, A lot of people would hate you if you do that because after the show, they'll see what they really look like. And that's a problem in our society today. Uh, (laughs) But overall, I think this is what's good for the show. And these are my two cents on it and I'm not familiar with it at all, right? So um, take it as a a, face value.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I think uh, it's a a good point you raise. I do understand there is some some always there's always improvements to be made and and different directions to take the 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 origin or let's say the the point of the show was to kind of bring back we always say it is bring back the the power of conversation it 's two people sitting in front of each other, and let 's have a proper conversation in a in as normal way as possible and I understand there are lines that will be crossed and edits to be made and things to do. And I completely agree with that. And I think, yes, there are restrictions that I may put on myself or put on the show or we put on ourselves. And and I think it's just part of creating that environment, part of creating the safe space that I want people to be in because I think that, okay, I can break down certain barriers for that person, but I also don't wanna go too, too far as for too deep as deep a into the person's yeah, mind. yeah too deep into the person's <laughs> mind, but but from the beginning of the show until the end, there is a meticulous <laughs> breakdown of of certain barriers to an acceptable Absolutely. limit and where the guest also feels um, they are comfortable with because in a way, the show is immortalizing the guest it's immortalizing the topics, immortalizing the speech and and hopefully my hope is always that somebody might come back to a show or use it as reference. And people can go and say, you know what? This actually makes sense. I'm gonna apply it to my real life. Or they might go back and say, actually, I don't agree with this point. This taught me not to agree with it. So I'm moving on from that. So there's, so I really, I really, uh, I really try to, you know, try to get different perspectives and make sure that people can refer back to this.
1: And, 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 Look, I I completely agree with you, right? Again, like I said, my opinion was coming from a place that I'm not too familiar with the whole thing. I've I've seen uh, most of your episodes, but I haven't seen the whole thing and how it transitioned and how it grew. But one thing I would leave you with on is I've known you for so many years, right? And there's probably extended periods of time where we have not met and uh, you know, for whoever is listening, if people have made it this far towards the end, which I doubt, I'm sure, pretty sure people have <laughs> exited earlier on. But, uh, you know, Ali was always probably a role model when it comes to, 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 to honesty, to integrity, to really doing things with, with passion, to working on yourself. So throughout school, I've seen you transition. I've had a couple of opportunities where I met you when I used to visit to AUB in I've seen, I've seen certain transitions back to your work life and, uh, and the best part about, you know, the Abu Dhabi conversation that we we're having earlier is that, because we were in a wedding probably earlier this year, right? Where, where a lot of us came together and especially to me, maybe to you guys, it does not make a big difference, but to me, who's lived far away for very long. These moments I really treasure and I look forward to and I always remember them. And what happens is, as I show up and it's just like a snap of the finger, you look around you and you're just you know, 10, 15 years back between the people that you really care about. But the beautiful thing about this is not, it's only my perception. It's, it's this energy you feel across the room is that not much of us have changed their basics, regardless of how much you've progressed in your life. So being able to sit down and have that conversation with, we all, most people I've spoke to have still maintained that core. So when I sit down and I speak to you, for example, like the wedding, we talk as if we're talking back in grade eight, grade nine. And uh, I'm just glad to see that you haven't changed as a person in, in, in the core values, what makes you a good person. And uh, But I'm also very excited to see how much you're pushing the boundaries and you're, you're, you're passionate about this and very fortunate to be, uh, although a bit delayed, very fortunate to see, uh, to, you know, be part of this and that's yeah. very unsarcastic
0: i love it i love it uh, asam you will always manage to end it that way which i i really like and i i really appreciate all are, we, bre- are,
1: are we breaking up
0: we're almost yeah we have a few minutes and we'll be done <laughs> hey you know it's we had, our, we had our moments, we had yeah, our moments. It's 55 we had minutes our or whatever it is and um uh, you know, as uh, I just said earlier in the show. You know, you just have to move on. I'm sorry. So, <laughs>
1: are you meeting someone after this, to her?
0: Uh, yeah, maybe. We don't know. We don't know. Um, You're moving on pretty fast. Yeah. Pretty fast, so. now. Um, but uh, Issam, uh Thank you so much for these kind words and uh, and the support that you gave. No, us.
1: That's the truth. It's the truth. And I. Look, this is this is people. Who, well, based on what I said, right, I'm not trying to explain it, but what I've just said, people who really know Ali going back as we went back and actually, I would assume anybody that crossed your path throughout your life, right, would, would definitely agree with this, but even for somebody who has not met you at a personal level and just saw you behind the screen with your perfect jawline, but he's not just a face. There is a lot more to him. And, and honestly, what I said was that I didn't even try to compliment him, I would
0: never. Thank you, Isam. I, I don't wanna say more than that, but I wanna say that I, I really wanna break up with me now. Yeah. <laughs> I wanna <laughs> uh... <laughs> He'll never let me do it. He'll never let me do it. I need I need Alex to look off to and say what what's <laughs> going on here? I, I need that buffer zone and I don't have it. Um uh I just I just really wanna say, you know, uh, thank you for, for, for those kind words. Thank you for for joining the show and really giving this type of insight and this level and and doing this uh, type of, this new way of doing the show with me. I really, really uh, appreciate that. Um, I will cheat here and say, do you have a question for me?
1: Oh, Absolutely. And again, going back to because, and I'm a bit biased here, right? Because I know who you were early on, right? And seeing you today. What advice would you today give that younger Ali we met, because I see a lot of the changes that should have been made that just kept quiet till now. <laughs> and I'd rather hear you.
0: <laughs> well played, well played. That's good. I will. I will listen to the sound of my own voice. I need Alex again. Um, is are you talking about my younger self in high school or uh, or um, like when we met? Or?
1: Again, I. I I would say high school, but you tell me where there was the biggest junction of your life where you had to make a major decision and, uh, or the major turning point in your life. And I would, I would leave that open for you to tell me when was the period, don't tell me what the period was, just tell me when was it and what advice would you give? Because, and I'll ask you that question based purely on how much did you divert off the core? how much you would have changed versus? Cause I would like to reflect on it with myself as well and say, maybe these things I shouldn't have changed. Maybe these things I should have changed more or I should have changed earlier or maybe it was okay that we behaved that way cause that's how we learned, right? Uh, but again, it's just it's life, it's a journey. And-
0: uh, Wow, it's actually a difficult question. Um, there are so many different uh, uh, moments uh, in my life that I would have li- liked to go back and say, you should have done that differently or you should have just not thought so much about these things and if you talk about my um, earlier work life versus or for example university I'll have a different answer but if I were to choose a certain moment in my life it's so difficult i mean let's let's go let's go with university i think if 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 um, what i would tell myself in university was to just not care as much as i did about what people thought i think that's that's a very typi- like a typical advice people say or they you know people talk about that and they even say that now mm. but i think uh but i think uh, it's still something that can be said i think if i were to go tell my younger self i would just tell tell him not to think so much about what people thought just you know you know, work on, you, you have a set of values and doesn't mean that you can't deviate. You can always live your life a little bit. There's nothing wrong with that. You can always push the boundaries, as you said, you can do certain things. But I think what's important is to, I'm saying, make sure you're, you know, it only takes one moment to ruin your reputation. Make sure you, 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 you have you hold yourself to a standard, but at the same time, don't be afraid to live a little and just don't you know uh, don't worry about people who are not significant in your life. Don't worry about what they think you know and and, and if there's something in your life that you really like, uh, there's a passion that you want to pursue, just start it and plan along the way. And I always say I always say this. I said it in many shows and and even when we were back in the studio shows. If you have something that you you love in your life, just start it, even if you're not, you don't know all the pieces yet. So just start it.
1: No, and then, you know, it makes me happy to hear that, right? And and I'm glad, and I completely agree with you. But I just have one small follow-up question. It could be a yes or a no, right? Your university life in Lebanon versus your university life when you did your master's in Spain, right? Okay. So similar university life, uh, I think just a couple of years apart, you did grow as a person because you had some more experience and you were out in the world and doing things. But because what's funny is if you were to take, if I were to ask you, Ali, who lived in Lebanon and in a Lebanese society that question, you would have the answer that you said, which I think a lot of us share uh, deep down inside and some of us are brave enough to admit it. And some of us would just brush it off like you no know, and then some would go the ex- other extreme where they're super stubborn and they will not do anything about it but if i were to ask someone who lived in europe or the us or probably somewhere else in the world i wouldn't say asia because surprisingly over the last two years i've discovered that these you know this part of the world shares so much in common with us just because of based on their history and everything but my question is was it cause that you lived your university life in Lebanon that you cared so much about what people thought because this is how society was designed? Or did you have faced something similar in, in Spain? It's the last question. We have to wrap up and I'll uh, have 60 seconds. Make it
0: Thanks, host. Thank you. Indeed, Alex, again. Absolutely. Um, anytime, thank, you, thank you for that question. It's, uh, I, I think, uh, I think uh, it's a very societal thing. And I, I don't think it's, it's just restricted to Lebanon. I think it's just overall, you know, mixing with the different Arab societies, you always will have this, uh, um, you know, uh, the perception of the fear factor of the perception. And I'm not saying that, you know, in Europe or whatever you go there and you just, you know, not think about yourself but there is a point where you kind of let your guard down and you're like, okay, I'm not in the same society, so I might do things a little bit differently. But I think this is the point where you need to still remember that regardless of whether you're Arab, um, American, uh, Chinese, whatever type of nationality you are, you will have certain core values and regardless of where you are in the world, you must do your best to um stick to them and there were moments in 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 uh, in Spain as well where I I I've you know I've faltered I've made mistakes and there are moments where I stuck to them and I think it took me a long time even when I came back to Abu Dhabi it took me a long time for me to realize that that's okay you're never gonna be perfect in every single decision you will encounter you're never going to make the right decision it's never going to be the right time and you cannot hold going back to what we said i like that it's come full circle in a way never like you will always like you will hold yourself to a very high standard but it's also very difficult and takes a mental toll on yourself to say you will always make the right decision and if you don't you will spend the next month beating yourself up i think it's very 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 unhealthy mentally and and also affects your relationships with people because then they will not classify you as someone who's working hard and okay he made the mistake they'll classify you oh this guy is a perfectionist make sure you know you know what you're saying when you speak to him and you know there's no room for error and they start to instead of understand you and accept and work with you they start to fear you and that's not what you want uh, to be very honest and at least in my opinion
1: No, no, it's completely, completely fair.
0: It's a good answer.
1: Okay. And with that, we'll uh, wrap up the show. It's the first episode of the new season. You guys can expect a lot of great things coming. It's all downhill from here after this episode. But I hope you guys enjoyed it. And every time Ali posts a new episode, you guys can just replay this one.
0: I love this. This is this is our intro for all the few upcoming shows and outro for all upcoming shows. I think people need to just see this, and end the show every that's time it. with this one.
1: No, no, no. And just that's it. Move on with life. That's
0: it. Yeah, exactly. That's. Yeah,
1: that's
0: it. Shut it down. Shut it down.
1: I, I don't. Yeah. I just that's it. What was it? The Will Ferrell speech, right? When he's accepting the uh, the award for the best golfer. Have you seen it?
0: No. Yeah, but... it.
1: He's like, "Wait, you guys are gonna have a show after this?" <laughs> done i'm
0: the best person alive <laughs> this is awesome, this is awesome. Look it up on YouTube. i should and i think what uh, what i really like uh, this is a historical moment in the show is that you are the first person to ever outro the show um, i will still outro this because this is standard but you you are the first person to outro the show and i i thank you for that
1: wait, wait don't don't start dropping technical terms outro is closed right
0: yeah close Yes, yeah, then i outro
1: the shit out it. <laughs> it's done
0: i don't awesome. know i don't know how
1: you're gonna i don't know how you're gonna out out this
0: i'm gonna attempt it right now um strong. so guys um this is my my attempt at out out the show the energy, the energy. i haven't started i haven't started yet i haven't started yet um thank you guys for joining the nobody's famous podcast this has been an absolutely epic awesome unstructured unfiltered and confusing show to say the least with the one and the only Asam Atallah you have given us your insight on so many different topics I love your enthusiasm, your direct blunt responses to everything I really really loved your, your energy on the show so thank you for coming on, thank you so much for coming on.
1: It's a pleasure, it's a pleasure having me Ali and again best of luck with everything you're doing if I could ever help off the screen don't spare me
0: you have just put yourself on the team, my friend. Uh, so guys, uh, Sorry, I just want to say- You are say, the guys
1: getting paid, yeah. Yeah,
0: exactly. And uh, so thank you guys for tuning in to the Nobody's Famous podcast. Make sure you check us on, you can watch us on YouTube. You can listen to us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Digital Podcasts, Rami, TuneIn, Pocket Casts, I don't know, SoundCloud, all these places. Make sure you like, subscribe and share and we'll catch you on the next one.